Hello, and welcome to this edition of Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. This series is to showcase the personalities in and around UW-Whitewater Athletics. My name is Nathan Trano, and I'm a graduate assistant for the Warhawks. Today's guest is the current director of sports performance at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, Lee Munger. Lee was a four-year letter winner at South Dakota State in football and ended up getting his master's degree at the University of Wisconsin-Lacrosse in human performance and sports administration. Lee has been at UW-Whitewater since 2005. Lee, thank you for joining me today. How are things going for you? Things are going well. It's uh, we're, we're in the midst of winter break right now as we're doing this interview, and so it's, uh, it's been a, a very welcome time off from a, a busy fall semester, so things are good. Yeah, and that kind of is going to lead me right into my first question. You know, obviously in the midst of this pandemic, you know, how has the sports performance team been able, been, been able to excel and continue to train our athletes here at UW-Whitewater? Well, uh, going into this thing, you know, as everybody, uh, we had no idea what to expect. Um, so that's kind of how we approached it, you know, pre prepare for the, for the unexpected and um, just know that there's going to be a lot of things out of our control. And so we've kind of just rolled with it and kept an open mind. And to be honest, I've been very happy with the way, you know, things have gone. Um, like I said, going into this thing and, and really not knowing with our capacity restrictions that we've had, which I know we'll, we'll talk about here in a bit. But um, all in all, coming out of this thing after the, the first semester, I really couldn't ask for, uh, for, for a better plan and a better system that we had. We, we kind of dealt with, with things as, as they came at us. We, you know, had to take some time off with with certain teams when when things would come up when when there would be a positive test. Um, you know, we would we would shut it down for for the as long as we'd have to, and then we'd start back up again and pick pick right up where we left off. So that's kind of how it's gone. You know, just kind of roll with the flow and and but all in all, I I feel that we're in a really good place. I feel that we've got a lot of things accomplished this this uh, this past fall, and I'm I'm excited going into the spring to, to get this thing going. Especially hearing now that we're going to have a chance to have some spring competitions with our winter sports and hopefully spring sports. Yeah, and hopefully we get those those sports started up. I know right now we're talking uh, February first date. Um, we have to get that testing in line to be able to have that, but hopefully get those sports going and have competition back here. But. One thing that you did allude to um, is kind of like the weight room restrictions that we have so far. So one thing that the weight room is doing is having people sign up for a time slot and not allow more than 75 people in there at a time. You know, how has that affected the way you've been able to train? Yeah, so when we first uh, heard that this was going to come down the line uh, back in, I guess, August, it, it, it would have been, um, again, really didn't know how it was all going to work out. We had no idea, like, because we're a shared facility, as you know, um, with our general student population. So and we had no idea how busy it was going to be in, uh, from our general students. And and then, of course, I mean, we, we kind of know from an athletic standpoint what it's going to look like. But the other wrinkle into this is, is because um, we didn't have competitions in the fall, our roster sizes are the largest that they've ever been with, with every sport. So not only are we training more athletes than we ever have, um, we're restricted with how many we can get in here. So it was kind of getting hit on both ends. And, and so it was, it was very challenging. So basically what we had to do was um, split our teams up 
into into much smaller groups than than we ever have before. So, for example, uh, the football team we had them into to four different uh, lifting times, but they were actually split. They were in four different times with half of the team. So we had the offense split into four groups, we had the defense split into four groups. Whereas in the past, it would be the whole team split into four groups. So that's one example. Um, baseball was split up into small groups throughout the day. Uh, the basketball teams were basically everybody was was not able to train as a whole team where, where we have done that with the majority of especially our smaller sports in the past. So that was definitely a challenge um, on us as a staff. There's myself and then I've got two um, other assistants and we split the sports teams up between the three of us and then we have a staff of uh, undergraduate interns that will help us out too and so basically um, we were we were training pretty consistently throughout the whole day um, at different times and trying to we tried to utilize those times in the mid morning um, a lot more than we have in the past too um, whereas in the past we're typically training in the early mornings from like six to eight and then in the afternoons two to two to six ish so um, that's kind of what we did I guess to, to get to get through it and like I said all in all I'm very very happy with with where we're at and, and how things went yeah and that's just something that you just mentioned there right we you always before we had something where guys would come in or girls would come in at six to eight get the lift done and you kind of would have some time to get prepared for the next groups right because they're bigger groups but now you just had to go and basically have a time slot throughout the entire day so that you can get all all those different athletes in there and I think that's something that everybody has to deal with right now is just getting everything has to be put in a different place, right? Nothing is normal. Um, and so you have to just adjust everything. And I think you guys have done a very good job for us. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that the, the time slots themselves, you know, are, are a little bit shorter than what some of the teams are used to. So a lot of the, the blocks are either for uh, an hour and 15 minutes or an hour. Uh, time block. So that means that we had to really um, plan on our end, especially like our pre-workout stuff. So uh, any, you know, warm-up, speed agility training, core training, whatever we're doing ahead of the workout, we had to have that done by the time that time block started so we could maximize our time in the weight room. And then same thing, if we weren't done in the weight room, we had to basically cut it short and you know, potentially finish up some stuff in the in the field house or the gyms or whatever um, because we, we were, you know, done with our time block. So that that was a challenge too. Yep, without a doubt. So I'm actually going to look back here on your career. Um, so you actually went to South Dakota State and played football there for four years uh, and ended up getting your master's degree at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse in 2001. You know, what made you want to get into the health and human human performance field? So as an undergrad, uh, I was a health promotion major. It was a new major that they had just started at South Dakota State, and it was very broad with what you could do with it. You could go a lot of different directions. Um, initially, I was actually pre-physical therapy. Um, I was looking at going uh, that route. I applied to graduate schools, and at the time, it was super competitive to get into those, and so I didn't get in to the schools that I applied to um, my first go around. And so I didn't want to sit around um, and wait another year to reapply. So in the meantime, I had some of my uh, undergraduate classmates had gone on and got a, uh, to, to pursue their master's degree at uh, UW Lacrosse. And so I called them up and 
kind of asked them how their experience was. I went and visited them, got to see the campus and, and see the uh, uh, visit with the exercise and sports science department there. And, and I had always been, you know, interested in, uh, you know, the, the athletic side of things. That's where I did a, a lot of my uh, internships and stuff as an undergraduate. Um, I, di I did in a, in a sports performance setting. And so it was always in the back of my mind to um, potentially go that direction. And so that's what ended up happening. I uh, enrolled at lacrosse and um, I actually was able to be a, a graduate assistant with their strength conditioning program, but also I coached football there um, for two years too. Um, I, I was the D-line coach um, for those two years when I was there. And, uh, and it was a great experience. It was, it, the rest, as they say, is kind of history. It's kind of led me to where I'm at. I'm very happy that I did end up going this direction. I think it, it's more, it's, it's the right fit for me. Um, you know, the, the therapy side of things is, is still interesting, um, but the performance side is, is kind of, I guess where I've found my true niche and and uh, what I have enjoyed and really enjoyed doing. Yeah, and that it's kind of cutting in and out here, but uh, I got the majority of it there. But it just sounded like right, you just you found like what you wanted to do, and you were able to get in the coaching field too um, as as a um, undergrad and working with those teams and getting in that field. So it sounds like a pretty good fit for you. Yeah, it's it's really been. Uh, it's been rewarding, you know, to uh, to be on on the other side. You know, I I, I was an athlete, as you mentioned, um, all the way through, you know, high school, and then was fortunate enough to to play in college too. And so to be able to to now give back to you know the same way and and, and provide the help just like what I was given is has been really rewarding. Right. And so actually in uh, the 2000, from two, in 2002, you're actually able to get back to South Dakota State as the head strength and conditioning coordinator. Um, what were you able to learn from that experience? Yeah, that was interesting. So um, right out of grad school, um, when I was done at lacrosse, I worked for a year at a private training facility out in California. And in the meantime, the, the position came open. Actually, they created a, the position at South Dakota State. When I played there, we didn't have a full-time strength conditioning coordinator. It was essentially up to each individual um, sports program to handle their own strength conditioning activities. And so I, I, I became the first, um, quote, strength conditioning coordinator um, there. And so that was kind of cool because um, I was 25 years old at the time, and that's unheard of, you know, to be that that young and and to be uh, in a, in a head position, a head role, and it presented a lot of challenges because, like I said, those coaches were used to doing things their way. <laughs> they could they could essentially design everything how they wanted, and now you've got somebody coming in that's essentially taking that piece over from them. So there was a lot of you know butting heads, and uh, and so that's really what I what I learned is, is the give and take um, side of things in this profession, because, you know, ultimately it's the head coach's team. I'm just a support person for them. And so um, that's what I really had to learn is that, yeah, I, I can try to do things my way, but in the end it's their way. <laughs> and so, um, so that's what, what I learned and, and found out over time. And, but it was a tremendous experience, you know, to to be a, a young coach and 
kind of be thrown in, if you will. And, and uh, you know, it's kind of led me to, to where I'm at today, um, to be quite honest. Yeah, and then actually in 2005 is when you decided to take the director of sports performance here at the University of Wisconsin Whitewater. So what led to this decision to join the Warhawks? Yeah, so, you know, as we talked, I, I was in the league, you know, before uh, being at lacrosse. Um, so I, I knew the strength of the, the Wisconsin Conference. I knew um, the, the, the level it was at. And so even though at the time uh, at South Dakota State we were Division Two, we were actually transitioning to Division One at the time that I was there. Um, and during those that transition, that, that's a tough time. I, I don't know um, if you've ever followed uh, schools that have made a transition, but it's it's tough. You take lumps. <laughs> you take some big lumps uh, making that transition. It's tough to find people to play. We were without a conference at the time, um, you know, and and it, there was a lot of challenges. And and our facilities there were were way behind at the time. Uh, don't get me wrong, I had a tremendous experience when I was there, but when I had a chance to see what Whitewater had to offer, um, I had a chance to see our great facilities here. The athletic director at the time, Dr. Paul Plinsky, he was actually um, one of my mentors and, and one of my uh, instructors at lacrosse when I was there. So that was kind of a connection I had uh, to Whitewater. And so I interviewed and Fell in love with the uh, the facilities, the town, the the program. Um, we were just coming off of the uh, 2005 baseball championship when I was interviewing. I interviewed in that May, and that's when they were kind of making their run. So it was kind of cool just following all that. And like I said, I guess the the rest is kind of history, and and I've been here since. Yeah, and so when you actually did get the Whitewater, you know, what were some of the main sports you worked with right away? So at the time, um, I was obviously the director, and we did not have the the two quote um, assistants that we do now. So the way it was set up at the time is that we had a couple sport coaches. Um, I think it was the wrestling coach and like volleyball, baseball, um, a couple of the assistants. They were actually assigned a percentage of their contract was strength conditioning. So they were uh, kind of my assistants. Well, as you know, um, sport coaches wear a lot of hats. You know, they're they're teaching, they're recruiting, they're have, they're worrying about their sport. So, strength conditioning, you know, wasn't you know at the at the, at the forefront there. So, I mean, it was really me kind of doing the the majority, and then I had those folks uh, you know helping me out, and so uh, that's kind of how it got started, I guess, and. And so, you know, I, I was basically, you know, trying to be everywhere at once and, and it's, it, that was challenging. There, there's no doubt. And so eventually as, as the years went on, four or five years into it, um, we were able to um, find some of those more full-time type strength condition, dedicated strength conditioning positions. And, um, and so now we're, it's kind of led us to our current setup where I've got, you know, two, even though they're not quote full-time, they they're they're full-time strength conditioning their their contracts don't lay it lay out that way but at least that's what their their main job and main focus is so it's a nice setup that we have here um, right now and and you know thankfully we, we have it 
this way because it's it's allowed us to to kind of live up to to our standard and and the standard that our coaches expect. Right, and obviously things have changed since you started back here in two thousand five. So. Kind of want to just look at you know a day in your life right now. So what does a typical day look like for you? Well, you know, obviously pre pan there's pre pandemic and then there's there's current pandemic. So um, yeah, so I mean right now we we start at six in the morning um, with our with our first training teams and uh, and then you know like I said, the majority of our training would in the past would would be done usually by around eight nine o'clock somewhere in there. And then our, our student athletes are, are being students at that time. So we'll start back up again, usually around two o'clock and then um, wrap up that last group around 530 ish, six, somewhere in there. So. So during the, the training uh, time, you know, obviously we're spending time working directly with our athletes. We'll start usually in the uh, in one of the gyms, either the field house, volleyball gym um, with the, with our pre workout activities. And then we'll transition into the weight room and uh, and get our our uh, activities done in there. And um, and then the uh, student athletes will be on to practice or on to class or or whatever. And so those the t the downtime, if you will, um, when we're when we're not directly training with our athletes, that time is spent, uh, you know, designing the programs, getting things ready for the next session, uh, maintaining equipment, meeting with coaches. There's lots of meetings, uh, meeting with athletes, uh, working hand in hand with our athletic training staff, uh, discussing injury situations, and then, you know, just taking care of any miscellaneous stuff, running errands, whatever we gotta do. So uh, now during the pandemic, as I mentioned, we're, we're training a lot more throughout the day. So some of those things that I was doing on, the downtime with without as much of the training that that had to be, um, you know, either done outside of it or you know just find whenever whatever time here and there that you can get it done. So, so yeah, it's uh, it, it's busy to say the least. But um, you know, there's there's like I said, we, there's plenty of downtime and stuff too, like over the winter breaks and spring breaks and and summer is a lot more low key too. So kind of take the, the chaotic and craziness with the, with the, the good stuff when you get it. And obviously right now, as we mentioned before, right, you got to adjust and just kind of flow. And that's what you guys have been able to do. And you've gotten, like you said, there's as more athletes now than there ever has been because there's not a roster limit. So just taking that into consideration and making sure everybody gets a good lift in. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union achieving more together. Now back to the podcast. So one thing I'll mention here, Lee, is that um, we always talk about tradition um, here at Whitewater. And actually one, one awesome thing that we had here in 2013, 2013 and 2014 academic year um, was that Whitewater became the first NCAA school in any division 
to win national championships in football, men's basketball, and men's baseball. You know, what was it like being a part of something to that magnitude? You know, that was that was an incredible year. Uh, and to further expand on that, uh, we finished very high um, nationally in, in several of our other sports too that year. I know women's basketball, um, I think they, they may have had a runner-up or a Final Four. I think softball was was very high, the, where they finished gymnastics also. Um, so it was just a tremendous season for all of our sports pro programs. And that's the year that we finished second in the, uh, the Director's Cup, which is a, you know, a combination of, of where all of our sports programs finished. So that was our highest finish in in, uh, in the history of our institution and to be a public school and to finish that high, that it was truly amazing. So, yeah, there was a lot of highlights from, from that year and that season. And, it, you know, it was just so cool to either be directly at the events or, um, you know, just to watch, uh, watch the, the championship games um, for them. I was able to be in person at the, the baseball and, and the football championship. So that was, that was just so cool you know, to, to see that. And, you know, of course, baseball was the last one because they, they finish up uh, the end of May. Um, and so we knew that they were kind of the, the final piece of the trifecta. And so there was, it was really, really neat. And, and they played in Appleton that year. So we had a huge crowd um, uh, from Whitewater that, that went up and watched them. And it was a beautiful day. I remember it. We were sitting out, uh, you know, obviously it was outdoors. And, and there, what was so cool is that the majority of our sports coaches from all of our sports were up there at it. The football staff was there, the, the basketball staffs, you know, there was a ton of our, our department was up watching it. And so just to be a part of that, that was really special. And yeah, that was a, that was a cool, cool year. Yeah. And I knew I, I did not know it was played in Appleton and, um, obviously, looking back on it and having all those coaches there and support staff and just supporting, you know, the baseball team, that's that's a great story. Yeah, but, so you have you've been here actually at UW Whitewater for over 15 years. Um, you know, what has been your favorite experience, either as a strength coach or just being a part of this community? You know, as we just talked about, I mean, there's been there's been so many experiences, obviously highlighted by our championships. You know, there's there's uh that, that's the reward, right? For uh, I'm the I'm the behind the scenes, right? And that's the reward for me is getting to see, you know, our student athletes compete. You know, so whether it's at a, a national championship or even just a, a big home game, uh, you know, all of those experiences are uh, are up there for me. But but really, that's that's why I do what I do is is getting able to see the joy you know, on our, our athletes' faces when, when they are part of a championship. And thankfully, we've, all of our sports have, have had the opportunity at some point, you know, during the 15 years I've been here to, you know, experience that. And so that's not something you can say at a lot of other schools, you know, to be able to have the, the full, well-rounded program, you know, that we have. You know, the, at other schools, it might be, you know, one program here or there. But we're successful in pretty much um, everything that we offer here. And so that's that's been really neat. And that's what I guess I'm probably most proud of is uh, is is the success that we have throughout the, the whole athletic department and 
not just you know one or two sports here and there. Yeah, and I know that's something that obviously when we have some recruits here on campus, it's something that we mention all the time, right? We're not just like you said, not one sport that takes over. It's everybody, and everybody loves to work hard against each other, right? It's a competition here. It's powered by tradition, and that's the tradition of winning. So, yeah, very, very cool story. Um, so, so kind of looking into this, so for people looking to get into the sports performance world, what advice would you give them? So I have a chance to, uh, to speak to our uh, internship classes uh, every semester, and the, the one thing that I try to get across to them is get as much experience as you can. You know, in this field, every chance that you get a winter break internship, a summer internship and start them early. You know, that's that's the whole thing with this field is that you want to try to make as many connections uh, in the field to help boost your resume and, uh, and get those good references. Because you never know when you're going to cross paths down the line or it's, you know, somebody knows somebody and they recommend you. So trying to get as much experience in the field as you can is, is key and, and well-rounded experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be in the collegiate setting. You know, it can be in the private setting. It can be personal training. Um, it can be in the high school setting. It can be corporate. It doesn't matter. Just get out and get a well-rounded experience because it's all working with people um, and re relating to them and getting them to buy into you and to your programs. And that's that's the whole key to, to being successful in this field, um, and so that's what I would say. Get uh, get that experience every every chance you get. Start early and, and keep it going. Right, and I think that's just very good advice of just being well rounded. Right, I mean, if you your goal is to be in the collegiate level, well, you got to learn how to teach little kids. You got to learn how to teach high school, and you got to understand the process that goes into everything, so you can. Have that knowledge of okay when they're in college this is what we got to do with different body types or whatever it is so i think that's some very good advice you know and as we look at whitewater um you know how has whitewater helped you grow as a coach well uh you know coming here from from south dakota state all those years ago um as i mentioned you know we were we were making a transition there uh, and so being able to come here and just be in a different setting and 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 it was uh, it was much different here from where I was coming from because Whitewater had already had an established program an established strength conditioning program and so that was a, a different challenge um, because I was being compared you know to to what was being done in the past whereas at South Dakota State I was I was the first one. So there was really nothing to compare other than you know what the, the coaches were doing. So that was a completely new and different challenge for me to uh, uh, to, to start uh, when when I did start here. So um, yeah, and and then just the there's adversity and different styles of adversity every single every single year. You know, obviously we've got the pandemic this year, but even before that, you know, we've got facility issues that that always pop up here and there um, you know as I mentioned we've got a multi-use facility here uh, in the weight room it's a shared facility and so that presents its own challenges uh, so yeah I mean I've, I've just really learned how to deal with adverse and adversity and adverse situations 
you know, throughout my career. So the really getting here and uh, being able to roll with the flow with the, the pandemic, I've kind of been set up for it, you know, the, the whole way through because we're, we, we don't have a perfect environment here by any means. We've got, we're very thankful for what we have, but uh, we, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely not, not perfect in every way. Right. And you no, know, I don't think anywhere you looked, anything, nothing's perfect. And that's, you know, we can always strive for it, but that's like what you said, that adversity, you have to go and be able to adjust all the time. And I think this year is a perfect way of doing, you had the experience before of dealing with the adversity and this just kept growing the, that, that knowledge that you have. So, so moving to your personal life here, Lee, what does the next five years look like for you? So for me personally, I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and they, they're running the show right now. Um, they, they take up a lot of my time, but it's, it's awesome. We're just getting into, um, you know, to all the sports stuff and extracurriculars for them. So, so I'm a, I'm a volunteer coach. Um, I coach T-ball and, and soccer and, and basketball and, and flag football. I'm doing all that stuff. And so, um, my, my nights are consumed. Um, with with their sporting practices, so so I go from one coaching gig to another one, and and the the youth sports coaching gig is is a lot more challenging than than what I've got here. I'll tell you that it's uh, it's tough taking on those those young kids and and trying to keep them uh, corralled and organized and focused in in one direction. So um, it's a new challenge, but yeah, that's that's kind of where my next five years are going to be is really focused on, on family and kids and, and uh, helping them along the way. Perfect. Now, before we uh, finish up here, Lee, I do have some quick hitter questions for you. All right. Sounds good. First one, first one I have is a favorite professional sports team. So I grew up in South Dakota. South Dakota does not have any pro sports. So I, I was, I was free to choose. Which is which is kind of neat. So I had uh, uh, relatives in uh, Colorado. So I grew up a Denver Broncos fan, and uh, that was right when they were in the late '80s when when I was getting into sports, when uh, they were kind of having their heyday. So I was a huge John Elway fan and and a Broncos fan. We did go to a lot of uh, you know Minnesota is kind of the the sports programs, the Twins and the uh, and the uh, Vikings. That people follow but i tell you what after being here in wisconsin for 15 plus years you know we get inundated with with the packers and so i have slowly gravitated to the packers i i totally respect them i love the small market aspect of them so um and it did, didn't hurt to have uh, one of our former athletes playing for him for a couple of years i went out Believe it or not, I went out and bought a Jake Kumaro jersey. I do have a Packers jersey now. So, um, so yeah, uh, I'm a converted Packer fan. There we go. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite restaurant in Whitewater? Ooh, tough one. Um, there's a lot of good ones. 841 um, used to be Randy's. Uh, before that is, is always a good one. Um, Second Salem, the brewery, good good stuff there. But probably the one that I, uh, when I was living here, we, we don't live in, in Whitewater anymore, but um, when I was here, we spent a lot of time at Rick's, uh, Rick's Eastside Club. So I'd have to give Rick's the nod. There we go. 
Favorite spot on campus besides the weight room? You think I really venture out anywhere besides? <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, I've been here 15 years, and there's some buildings and places on campus I've never seen. Um, so I would say, to be honest, the, the, the place where I really like to go to like get away from, from the Williams Center is I love our, uh, our cross-country trails north of the uh, football stadium. If if anybody hasn't been out to, to utilize those, they're they're amazing. I'm not a big runner, but I'll I'll just go out and, and just go for a hike during the noon hour or whatever, just to get out of the office a little bit. And you know, on a beautiful fall or spring day, there's nothing better. Our the, those trails out there, the, our our cross country staff, Je, uh, Jeff Miller's been here a long time. He takes really good care of those out there, and so it's a great place to just go and unwind. And it's a beautiful area on the north side of campus. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check those out for sure. Yeah, do it. Uh, favorite place to go on vacation? All right, vacation. Um, so in South Dakota, growing up, we had a cabin in the Black Hills, which is on the west side of the state, and um, we spent a lot of time out there: snowmobile trails, skiing, um, great hiking, snowshoeing, cross-country skiing, whatever. Um, so that's that's a really cool place. Um, to 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 go and uh, to go and visit. Um, my wife and I also like to do the uh, you know the trop tropical vacations and stuff too. We we like to go to Mexico. We actually got married in Jamaica, so um, so yeah, somewhere warm, um, tropical island is is a nice vacation spot too. Well, there you go. Uh, last one I have for you is obviously in the new year here of 2021. What is some of your new year resolution? So I'm an avid cyclist and I do, I mean, I cycle year round. I'm a road road biker. I'll, I'll go out on the mountain bike trails in the winter. So I have committed to and signed up for two um, huge events. Uh, they're ultra endurance adventure rides. And uh, it, there's a 200 mile ride that I'm signed up for on June 4th, I believe it is in Kansas. It's, uh, it's kind of a world-renowned uh, event. It's all on gravel um, roads, too. It's all remote. You're, you're riding through the Flint Hills of Kansas. And, uh, and so I'm, I've got to get going. <laughs> i got to get in, in the best shape of my life for that. Because, you know, a lot of people, their first question is, well, how long is that going to take you? I mean, where do you stay overnight? I'm like, no, that's, I'm riding 200 miles consecutive <laughs> all at once. And so, uh, yeah, so it'll, it, it'll take around 15 hours um, of sitting on a bike. So that's, uh, and, and if that's not crazy enough, Nate, I, two months later, I signed up for an even longer event. It's, uh, it's a ride across Minnesota. We start on the South Dakota border and you ride from west to east and you finish um, at the Mississippi River. And so that, that one's gonna be 240 miles of uh of straight pain uh riding across minnesota uh in august so so i got two big events and uh but it's it's great motivation for me so that's my resolution is to get in awesome shape and uh and complete those uh this year so that's my goal there you go no that's that's awesome i have one of uh finishing a marathon but i don't think that comes even near uh doing 440 miles, if not more. So <laughs> that'll be fun. 
Well, Lee, I, I, thanks again for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. I really do appreciate the time and wish you all the best moving forward. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Nate. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks.